Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Continental Tyres. AFL Trade Radio. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Ah, it's a very good morning to you. 13, 13. day 13 of the trade period and the last day, of course, it all closes at 7.30 tonight. Trades will be embargoed until at least 3 p.m. this afternoon. So we'll push our way through and discuss the massive deals that still need to be done. The biggest of which is Josh Dunkley, the Western Bulldogs, threatening again to send him through to the preseason draft. Apparently, the tick of approval has come from the board that... If they can't be satisfied from Brisbane, he'll go through there. Rory Lobb, Henry Mitchell, O'Meara's the late one that has bobbed up. Radagalia, perhaps still in play. Aaron Francis, Sam Wiedemann and others. We'd love your thoughts. We'd love your calls on the final day of the trade period. It is the early trade. We're here for tyre power. Tyre experts you should always trade with. one 48 is our number. And Matthew Lloyd, the goal-kicking champion from the Essendon Football Club, the Australian Football Hall of Famer, the five-time All-Australian, is with me. Lordo, good morning. Morning to you, Kano. Yeah, great to be with you on the last day. And a little bit of mail from me this morning, Kano. Is, yes. Yes, I've got some on the last day. Uh, is that uh, yeah, Jager O'Meara is this morning deciding which club he wants to play for. So it's come Ooh. up so late on Monday that this morning he's making a decision who he wants to play for. Is it the Fremantle Dockers or the GWS Giants? So, so gone. He's gone. Yep. Gone. Yeah, gone. It's both, and both clubs would like him and the Rory Lobb deal getting done first would help the Fremantle Dockers be able to get that done. Uh, and Tommy Mitchell, Pies are offering pick 41. Uh, sorry, yeah, that's right. Uh, Pies are yep. offering 41, but uh, they want more of the Hawks. So that's where that one sits at this point. All right. Big news. O'Meara is gone. Hawthorne fans, your thoughts on this? I'm fascinated by the strategy out of Hawthorne. In fact, they haven't. I, I can't remember if they've spoken this week. Certainly no one prominent from the Hawthorne Football Club has spoken. I'd love for them to explain their strategy of, of how deeply they are cutting. So Gunston gone. That was official yesterday. O'Meara is now out, deciding between GWS and Fremantle. And we'll hear from Damien Barrett on the Giants' side of things with O'Meara. They largely want Hawthorne to pay for all of his salary. So Hawthorne potentially paying for Tom Mitchell and O'Meara to play for other clubs, getting rid of Gunston and cutting really deep. Hawks fans, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. But Lordo, it's going to be mm. going to be a big day. Um, I guess for me, the biggest winners yesterday was Richmond with the Jacob Hopper situation. 
not having to give up a player to get Jacob Hopper after getting Taranto already. So future first pick, which if Richmond are backing themselves in and everyone other than us is suggesting that they're top four next year, that pick is going to be a late first round pick plus 31 for Jacob Hopper, which um, I reckon's a bargain. Yeah, it is good. Uh, he's a high-quality player, Hopper. Uh, yeah, tough as anything, and, and suddenly they're bolstering that midfield. We had a good discussion around them uh, yesterday, the Richmond Footy Club. Uh, I'm always fascinated, though, Kane, when, when clubs say, oh, I'll walk, I'll walk. So it's interesting mm. where how things have turned between Henry, Ollie Henry and the Collingwood Football Club, that he's willing to go somewhere else, because <laughs> we always hear he wants to go home and all those sorts of things, but... He's willing, or, or they're saying that he's willing mm. to walk, and he'd prefer somewhere else. Even if it's not Geelong, he'd be willing to go somewhere else other than Collingwood. So just shows how desperate he is to get to Geelong, and he's willing to say that. Uh, and would he be willing to go to, say, North Melbourne in the first pick of the preseason draft rather than spend another year at Collingwood? Yeah, that is that is a bizarre one. There's lots of threats going around the place, and you would think um, if he couldn't get to Geelong, he'd just stay at Collingwood, mm. which I would think would be the smart thing to do. But not sure who is advising him on this, whether it is a threat, whether there's the prospect of him going back. Graham Wright was on the late trade yesterday from the Pies. Now, they haven't been presented with anything that um, suggests that they'll trade him. In fact, they said as it sits right now, they won't trade him, and they'll try and get him back to the footy club. But Ollie Henry's saying he's going through to the draft, and... North Melbourne would absolutely swoop on that one, wouldn't they? They'd, they'd love to yeah. get their hands on him. Well, if, if North Melbourne, yeah, can get uh, pick, you know, they're going to get the best two of the best three kids in the country. Uh, plus, if they could get a young, another young one like a twenty-year-old. But the problem is, uh, would he? You know, you'd go back to Collingwood in that sense. If, if, but I think it's too far gone. Once you start doing that, mm. I know Collingwood would welcome him back if that was the case. But uh, you know, I look at pick twenty-five that Geelong have. Surely. That should suffice today, uh, and that, that would be the deal that gets done with a few sweeteners potentially around it. Uh, Josh Dunkley, I'd be surprised if that didn't get done. Kane, uh, we hear that those threats a lot, but when's the last time we've actually seen a player end up in the preseason draft? Mm. Can you remember the last one? Um, like, well, we, oh, we, we, Jackson, we, Jackson yeah. Haitley went, I reckon, yeah. uh, to yeah. Adelaide in the preseason draft. Crows fans, you will correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but certainly they mm. couldn't orchestrate a trade. He was a first-round pick last year, and, and Adelaide had that opportunity, but it's rare is mm. what I'm saying. We've we've touched on a couple. Luke Ball was the national draft, I think, from memory. We've spoken a lot about Nick Stevens, but that was 20 years ago. So it is rare, mm. uh, and it's rare for a player of the quality of Josh Dunkley. And mm. I'm just thinking about you know the reason I brought up Jacob Hopper and a future first-round pick in 31, we've sort of compared Dunkley to Taranto, but perhaps that that is the value. Mm. If, if Now, Hopper was contracted, um, Dunkley's not, so a future first-round pick plus 31, what Brisbane have on offer. Plus, um, yeah, so 20. for Brisbane, I was mm. talking about Sorry. Richmond for Hopper yep. was the first plus 31. So Brisbane, 21 mm. plus a future first with some picks back. For Dunkley, perhaps that's all you're going to get. But anyway, Dogs fans, the board have ticked it off. Mm. They've said they'll send him through to the draft. Um, what's your thoughts on that? You can have your say. Uh, John's with us nice and early. Uh, you've heard Matthew Lloyd's comments on Ollie Henry. Johnny, what do you make of it? Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Just a couple of things about that. Um, I, I think Jack Martin was the last one that they pushed through to the preseason mm. draft. That's right. But um, doesn't he have the option to go to the national draft as well as the preseason draft like Luke Ball did? And if he does, uh, I don't know if there's too many clubs going to pick a want-away player in the first 15 or 20 picks. He might even get through to 25 at Geelong. 
Um, and the other thing is, who's got more to lose out of this? Geelong not getting the deal done or Collingwood with another PR disaster around a trade period? I, mm. I'm fascinated to see who the pressure is on and who blinks. On your second point, John, it wouldn't worry Geelong, I wouldn't have thought. like uh, They'd like to have Ollie Henry, but they're not going to lose too much sleep with what they've got there. It'd be more on Collingwood if they got nothing for somebody who they drafted in the top 20 only a couple of years ago. So that's on the first point. And good point on, on the national draft. I remember Luke Ball put a massive price on his head. So you, yep. he could... You can put salary terms, uh, yeah, and and that's what Ollie Henry could do. Uh, put put a, a, a big salary potentially. Uh, also, uh, I know John Newcomb when he was in the mid-season draft, he put a four-year contract on his head. So yeah, he, that clubs didn't really know that much about him except Hawthorne, who had him in their VFL program, and he put a four-year contract. So he ensured he got to Hawthorne. So mm. there's a couple of things you can do on your point. It's hardly ideal, though, is it? The draft's not until the 28th of November. Yeah. So to sit there and wait around for the national draft for a young player like that when his teammates mm. will be back at pre-season, you've got to sit and sweat and wait and see if another club will pick you up mm. and the uncertainty of that. So I'm not sure how um, how he has been advised. But on your second point as well, John, I think it I think there is a bit of pressure on Collingwood to, to get this done. They, they could ill afford to lose a young player um, who they picked with 17 a couple of years ago for nothing. So I think there's pressure both ways. And, and Lordy's right that, that Geelong wouldn't be too fast. I wouldn't have thought. Strong text coming through this morning. Uh, this one's act, uh, directed at me from Brad. Is this the clown that called Isaac Rankin steak knives yesterday? Your stupid biased comments, contradicting views uh, all year were played on so many platforms yesterday because you have zero integrity in your comments. I'm not sure I called Isaac Rankin steak knives. In fact, I was pretty complimentary yesterday of, of Adelaide's forward line and, and the future of the forward line with Phil Thorpe and Rochelle and Rankin and McHenry and Walker um, and McAdam, others. So you know, I, I think it was a good selection from Adelaide. I never once called Isaac Rankin steak knives, but if you had a choice and this person's asking me who would I take, Rankin or Jason Horn francis I'd, I'd absolutely take Jason Horn francis But he called me a Muppet, so good morning to you, Brad. Happy to read your comments out. Give us a call if you want to be brave enough to, to jump on the phone and have your say. Who would you target, Lordo, if you were the Pies? Would it be O'Meara or Mitchell? O'Meara for me, uh, because his, his ability to still run and break the lines. But uh, you've got to know the situation of you know the money that's involved, the picks that are involved. Uh, and they're a long way down the line with Tom Mitchell, so it doesn't just happen. Personally, mm. if you just ask me the question, I like O'Meara yeah. more as a player. Uh, but in terms of they're, they're a long way down the line. Uh, with Tom Mitchell. Yeah, I don't mind the reasoning um, Collingwood going mm. after Tom Mitchell. I wasn't super sold on it initially, and it wasn't one that was getting me excited, but they've sort of explained it publicly, and Graham Wright said their their issues are in and around the centre bounce, which we've spoken about, and the fact that Scott Pendlebury's going to be 35, and Taylor Adams, they haven't been able to rely on his body. So pick 41 for Tom Mitchell for two years, you know, to, to add some centre bounce support, and um, I guess some seniority in that midfield is not a bad option. Pies fans, happy for you to have your say on that one. one 48 uh, Jason Horn-Francis faced the media yesterday. Of course, that's been the biggest story of this trade period. He was asked the question on why he decided on Port Adelaide. I, I wanted to um, make sure that I was in a stable environment, um, you know, coming into this year. And, and I think um, a lot of people know it. it, it might be another unstable, unstable year um, at, at at North. So um, we just thought um, coming back home to a 
to a great club like Port Adelaide would be, would be best for me. You also spoke about the fact that he hasn't done everything right and, um, yeah, he was asked about that yesterday. Yeah, look, it's, it's obviously been tough and, you know, there's been the challenge, challenges throughout the year and, um, you know, on my part, I haven't, probably haven't done everything right as well. So, um, and look, as, as a 18-year-old um, kid moving out from home, to Melbourne, it was it was tough and I had my challenges and um, yeah, I probably didn't get re- get everything right. So, um, but yeah, it was it was obviously a tough year. Um, but look, I, th- I think it's going to help me help me in the long run. There you go, Jason or Francis, and yeah, I thought it was it was a good opportunity for him to face the media and he was asked some tough questions. He did his best to, to answer them, Lordo, and then mm. I think everyone moves on. I think the truth is somewhere in between uh, on both sides. So uh, they North Melbourne would say we had a player who wasn't as professional as he needed to be, and he wasn't, uh, you know, he didn't buy in like he should have um, and been professional enough even uh, throughout the year. And he, Jason, speaks about how unstable the club was. They know North, but they're a long, long way off in so many areas. And Jason, you know, talks about the lack of stability. Well, yeah, so many key roles need to be filled. Uh, you know, he meets with Alistair Clarkson and then hmm. uh, that happens. So you can understand his head would have been absolutely spinning in the moment. Port Adelaide call you and say, well, we would like to get you home. You can fully understand why he jumped at that and took the opportunity to go to Port Adelaide, who should challenge uh, with that list that they've got uh, and, and for him to thrive and play good football. So can understand North's perspective and also Jason's. The other big story yesterday was Brody Grundy. Uh, it was kind of sad to read mm. his social media statement that he released yesterday. He uh, essentially part of it said when he was drafted to the Collingwood Football Club, he was proud um, his dream was to be a pie for life and his desire to remain at Collingwood did not change this year. However, clearly after conversations, he realised that that wasn't a reality. He thanked everyone for the 10 years that he had and moves on, Lordo, to one of the most exciting ruck duos that the game has ever seen and that is Max Scorn and Brody Grundy. I don't think anyone knows how it's going to work. I think it's a w- well worth the risk for, for Melbourne to do that considering Collingwood are paying a large portion of this wage and they got him for an absolute bargain price of pick 27. But, yeah, it'll be a, a fascinating watch. How did you how did you feel when you read that stuff from Brody Grundy uh, yeah, yesterday? As I said, I've, I've been able to mentor Brody through the AIS Academy when he was just a you know, 17, 18-year-old. And yeah, that's the type of person he is. Um, he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's a gentle giant, but he's very different. As I said, he's not a footy head. Uh, he, he just loves his music and he loves, you know, he's... Uh, arts and all those sorts of things. And, and yeah, no doubt he once Collingwood committed to him. He wanted to be a Collingwood player for life, but he's learnt the brutality of this industry uh, and mm. he's been forced out of his club and he's, and the pressure of signing the big deal, uh, what has occurred with him. So yeah, I, I think that uh, Goodwin, it's interesting. He's always wanted Ruckman. I remember we spoke earlier about Braden Proust when they signed up Braden Proust and we're going, why, why is Proust going there? And now Grundy. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how, how this operates this year. But when a club doesn't want you anymore, um, yeah, he's best to go. And I think they potentially win a premiership next year with yeah. Melbourne. I think they should bounce back pretty hard uh, next year uh, with the talent they've got uh, at their disposal. Adam says, don't think Tom Mitchell makes Collingwood a better team. Um, that mould of player is dead, doesn't impact games says Adam, and this one is, Kane, your integrity was questioned because of contract length and hypocrisy of the Jason Lord Francis compared to other players because Port Adelaide was involved. Don't make it something that it isn't. Yeah, I just hope with that that uh, everyone didn't read the sort of social media breakout of that and listen to the comments. I said, absolutely, ideally, you wouldn't give 
uh, Jason Orn Francis six years and ideally you'd give him four. But I can understand why Port Adelaide have done that considering he's 19, he'll be 25 when the contract expires. The first year of the deal, he's on 120,000. And what player that has been taken number one in the draft in the history of the game is out of the system by the time they're 25. That was the justification behind it. Um, and I hope those that are critical of it listen to the comments more so than just read the social media breakouts like I saw some commentary around that, but I'm happy to debate it with you at any stage you like. Callum, he's on the line. He wants to speak about Fremantle. Good morning to you, Cal. Morning, guys. How are you going? Good. Um, I was wondering how many of the Freo trades do you think will get done? We've possibly still got Sharp, Meek, Lob, and then O'Meara still to go. Well, Callum, I think majority will get done. Uh, that's just how it works. We've seen just about every deal that's uh, needed to happen happen so far. Uh, and, yeah, I'll be surprised. Like Fremantle, uh, I can see Lob going. Uh, so it's just a matter of uh, what selection that is. Uh, you, you, you know, I think that and once that gets done, it allows for the Josh Dunkley uh, deals to happen as well. Uh, Lloyd Meek, um, Again, like if normally if you request to get out of your football club, it happens for you. Uh, Luke Jackson comes in, so why would Meek stay at the mm. Fremantle Dockers? Uh, not going to be much of a, of a deal, that one, you'd think. Um, so, yeah, he'll, he'll end up at Hawthorne, uh, you'd imagine. And O'Meara, well, we just touched on it off the top of the program. He, he's he's now deciding uh, who he wants to play for. Is it go home to Perth, where he was born? Uh or is it uh, he's good mates with Stephen Canilio? He was at his wedding over the weekend. So is it the Giants or the Fremantle Dockers for well, for Jager? Yeah, or is it the biggest deal? Uh, that that might play into yeah. it as well. Is it the more security, yes. 28 years of age? Who's going to give him the, the longest contract? You know, what will the terms of that be? Um, because on the surface of it, you, you would think Fremantle, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, premiership window, go home. Mm. What an you opportunity know. for him to, yeah. to obviously... Like getting out of, I look at Isaac Smith, uh, Callum, and I look at him and what he's done for his career by leaving Hawthorne. He he, he probably would be out of the system by now if he was mm. at Hawthorne. They would have moved him on. O'Meara and Mitchell are doing exactly the same thing, uh, and he may well be in a premiership for, uh, at Fremantle next year or the year after. Uh, great opportunity. I'm not sure how he works in with Brayshaw and Sarong and Brody uh, yep. and um, Nathan Fife as well. Um, but I'd love to hear from Hawthorne supporters throughout the morning too about how concerned you are about your team uh, giving up so much. Uh, we talk about cutting too fine, cutting too thin. Are you as a football club cutting way too thin and going to put too much pressure on and stifle the kids? I've seen it happen before. I've seen it at the Bombers when I was there towards the end, cutting far too thin. Mm. We've discussed it with North Melbourne. Uh, how do you feel about your team potentially being bottom four and going backwards? on what you did last year, Shane. Yeah, and how would you feel like being players right now in the off-season? James Sicily, mm. 27 years of age, probably the next captain, knowing that he's got zero chance to win a premiership, probably, yeah. for, mm. for the rest of his career, or a very small percentage chance that by the time he's 32, 33, that Hawthorne will be in a position to compete. Luke Bruce is the same. Chad Wingard is the same. Those Hawthorne players going, what are we doing? They tried to do it last year and couldn't pull it off this year. Well, they're going to get rid of the players, but I'm not sure there's going to be anything beneficial coming the other way and you're realising that you're a much worse offside than you were at the start of this trade period. We are up and running. We'd love for you to have your say. Give us a call. We'd rather speak to you than send through those anonymous text messages. one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight 48 is the number. 
and it is the early trade for tyre power. Tyre experts you should always trade with. All the news of the day coming up on the other side of this. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. AFL.com, as we've discussed this morning, has reported the Western Bulldogs board has approved sending Josh Dunkley to the mid-season draft if their request of two first-round picks is not satisfied by the lines. There's been a lot of text coming through on this and um, a lot of Western Bulldogs fans suggesting it's not about the picks coming to the Bulldogs, it's the picks that Brisbane want mm. in return on the way on the way back. So perhaps, you know, Brisbane Lions might give a little bit in terms of that. They might send that pick twenty one plus a future first and not want much back and that may be enough to settle the deal by seven thirty tonight. Let's hope so. Spot on uh, Kane. I think that's exactly what should happen. Uh, pick twenty one and a future first and that's it. At the, at the moment, Brisbane are asking for 39 back. And I think in the climate of what other deals have occurred with uh, Tim Taranto and Hopper uh, mm. and what Dunkley's achieved in the game, Brisbane shouldn't be asking for anything back. And if they just offer the 21 in the future first, that deal gets done and it allows for the lob deal to get done after that. Yeah, bit of a compromise there. We'll wait and see how that plays out. I would be staggered if that deal doesn't happen and Josh Dunkley isn't playing for the Lions next year. Meanwhile, as we've also discussed, Geelong and Collingwood remain at an impasse over Ollie Henry with Collingwood adamant they'll only entertain a pick inside uh, 17. And we'll hear from Graham Wright shortly in truth or spin coming up shortly. Uh, Henry has indicated a willingness to nominate for the preseason draft in an attempt to get through to Geelong at pick 18 although other clubs have indicated they would choose him if available. That was all the news for Beaumont Tiles, and you can have your say as uh, Brad has done. He says, in regards to Hawthorne, you complain when we're up the top, you complain when we go back to the draft, pick one, be consistent. Lloydy called Gunston leaving a win-win. Which one is it? I think it's about the balance for me, Brad. Like it's, you know, you've got these players leaving and yes, you're going to the draft, but you're not going to the draft with anything significant for Tom Mitchell. You're not going to the draft with anything significant for O'Meara. In fact, you're going to probably be paying some of their wages. So you can still go to the drafts, keep the experienced players around you. And I guess the best example of it was what Collingwood did. I mean, you're giving yourself no chance next year. Collingwood Mm. 17th the previous year, you keep Adams, you keep Moore, you keep Pendlebury, you keep Cox, keep these experienced players around, you keep Howe, keep Sidebottom, mm. but you also invest in youth and you give them the opportunity. So I, I don't think it's one or the other. I think you can do both. But what Hawthorne are essentially doing is saying we've got no hope. We're, we're, we're essentially tanking next year is what they're doing. Mm, and, and in my eyes, it's not as if Hawthorne have... I think they have some good players, good young players, but they don't have like cream of the crop good young players. So that's where it's going to be a really tough year for them next season. Uh, I really like Will Day. He's got to get a good pre-season in. He was taking pick 12. Injured a lot. Injured a lot. Uh, He needs to get stronger in the body. You can see he hasn't got the muscle tone that he probably needs to have. But I I can see what he does, that he's going to be an elite player of the competition. Uh, yeah, but Granger Barass is yeah. the same. Like oh, I love Granger Barass. Mm. I put all my I put all my chips in, mm. Lord. I I bought all the Granger Barass stock you could yeah. possibly buy, but injured a lot. You, yeah. know, you can he's mm. like Will Day. You can see the talent. I, I think he's absolutely going to make it. I love his competitiveness and his leadership. So there's ones to work with yeah. there. Josh the, Ward was pick yeah. seven. He was Terrific. pick seven. So uh, you'd hope that he goes on. Like he's a workman like 
pick seven at this point, but you'd hope he can become like a Brayshaw. I think he, in a two-way hard runner, uh, yeah, Connor McDonald was taken in the 20s. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, just how how dire it is going to be mm. for a year or two for Hawthorne. Mm. And as I said, I think they are cutting too thin. Yeah, I'd love your thoughts. Hawks fans, you can have your say. O'Meara, Gunston and Mitchell probably out by the close of the trade period today. Our number's one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. We love it when you give us a call, as Josh has done. Uh, you're not happy, Josh. Good morning. G'day, Kane. G'day, Lloydy. Love the show, boys. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously a Pies man. Um, yeah, I think to give away Grundy for a pick 27 is way unders, but the club was forced when they got Bobby Hill and Dan McStay in, in the first few days in the trade. We had no leverage at all to work with for the rest of the trade period. So it's a bit disappointing, but hopefully Cameron and Cox and um, young Beg can do a ride in the ruck in the next couple of years, but... I'd rather Grundy and Cameron personally. Um, yeah, so Tom, just, Tom Mitchell, Josh, are you supportive of that pursuit? Um, I think our clearance work needs improvement, definitely. Um, I mean, he's only going to be there for a couple of years. I think he's a, he's pretty much like Taylor Adams. So you got two of the same kind of player there, and then. Whether he's a replacement for Pendlebury, I'm not sure, but I'd say they'd probably retire at a similar time. So um, I think we've actually gone backwards this trade period, which is a bit disappointing, but um, hopefully we can get some improvement from the young boys coming through next year and yeah, build on what we had this year. Good on you, buddy. Thanks for your thoughts. Pies fans, do you agree? We, we have, I think, got the most feedback probably from Collingwood fans throughout this period and, and largely disappointed with the way the Grundy situation has has played out. David is in Ballarat. You want to speak about Josh Dunkley? Dave, good morning. Morning. How's it going, guys? We're good. Um, so you were saying you think probably 21 and a future first is fair for Dunkley, and I think that's probably fair enough. Um, but the issue Brisbane has is they've only got 2,400 points, which will only match Ashcroft and not Fletcher. So I was thinking maybe they could get involved with Port Adelaide and trade their future second to Port Adelaide for 33 and that allows Port Adelaide to pass that on to Geelong for Radagalia. Then Brisbane have enough points to match both academy bids um, and then can therefore give up 21 in a future first without getting anything back. Yeah, I think I think the points is an issue. You can go into deficit. Look, I haven't studied the actual points, Lord. I want to add them up, but um, you know that would be their priorities, getting those two youngsters over, over Josh Dunkley. But Dave, you're right. The, the points are all important. Uh, we'll wait and see if that bid comes at pick one from the Giants. Perhaps it, it might not, which will which will help Brisbane out. But they want to have the backup plan there. Um, yeah, Josh Dunkley, this one's going to go down to the wire, you would think. Uh, Tom here, this is a text regarding Sydney. Is the lack of trading this trade period the right call or not, Lloydy? Well, I think their, their list is in such a strong position, Tom. You don't have to do some things for the sake of it. Uh, they've, they've, it's interesting, Aaron Francis... <laughs> Uh, that they've identified Aaron. Aaron does have talent. Uh, he, he's just had, you know, he's had some mental health battles. He's had fitness issues. He's been thrown forward. He's been thrown back, gets a lot of injuries. But I've never, I, I love looking at the body shapes of players. And to me, Aaron Francis has never looked as fit as he's needed to be at AFL level. So he goes into the Sydney program. Uh, yeah, I can see him playing some good football uh, for them. But uh, I think, yeah, the only area for them is the, probably with Sam Reed and and Buddy Franklin leaving in the next twelve months. Uh, Logan McDonald uh, is mm. the forward. 
Uh, who else is down there as that tall mm. forward? I suppose that's an area. But back, they look good. Midfield, they are fully stocked. Half forwards, yep. half backs. Uh, I'd be pretty excited if I was a swan with the future they've got. A lot of feedback coming from the Hawthorne fans, which we asked for. Just the prospect of, of cutting too deep, which I think is is an absolute reality. I'd love to hear from, from Hawthorne and they would have their reasons behind that, but haven't spoken a lot to inform the fans what they're up to. Our kids have gone past Mitchell and O'Meara. Other than Gunston, we have hardly lost anything. How we become a top four team if these kids don't get games. But Brad says we are trying to fix Clarko's issues, doing the best we can. If he had drafted kids in the period when we brought in Rafi McAvoy, Burgoyne, and the older statesman Bruce Stratton, Gunston Smith, etc. in their primes, kid would have plenty to learn off and be genuine leaders by now. I think that is a fair criticism. If there's one criticism over Alistair Clarkson's coaching, it is... His public omission that he, he doesn't rate the draft. Now, he, he's on the public record to say that. He said you can't just go to the draft. And they did continually top up after those premierships with Mitchell and O'Meara and others and Wingard. And it probably, you know, the evidence is there that that didn't work. We'd love your thoughts. It is the Continental Ties AFL Trade Radio 1-300-23-55-48 is the number. Uh, more of your calls when we return after this. Yeah, it is the early trade. 3W's Matthew Lloyd alongside myself. We're here for tyre power, tyre experts you should always trade with. And we're taking your calls right through until 9 o'clock if you want to jump on and have your say about anything that needs to get done today. We're interested in your thoughts. Plenty of Hawthorne fans joining in. Jager is disappointing, to be honest, but no illusions where the Hawks are at. Baby Hawks, let them play. As a Hawks fan, I see no gain in keeping Mitchell uh, as we and he have chosen to explore the market. O'Meara, however, seems as though the Hawks have been approached for a trade and not offering him up. So unless it's a super juicy deal, you keep him and make him vice-captain to Sicily, says Danny. And St Kilda and Hawthorne are cooked and will be fighting it out for the wooden spoon, says Scott. Just on Hawthorne, let's go to Sydney and speak to Kieran. Good morning to you, buddy, and welcome to the early trade. Morning, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, just with, with Hawthorne, look, I, I get what you're saying about them cutting too deep. Um, but I guess for me, the, the last few years, they've probably been neither going up or, or down. They've sort of been fourth, fifth from bottom, mm. getting decent early picks, but not getting not getting the real cream of the crop. Like missed out a couple of years ago on Logan McDonald, who's probably going to be a, a key tenure forward. You know, got Grange Barras, but I, I'd prefer Logan McDonald. Like last year, missed out on the likes of Jason Horn Francis and stuff by finishing, you know, again, fifth or sixth from bottom. This year, they've got pick six again, but they'll miss out on the likes of Wardlaw, Sadis and stuff, you know, the, the real top cream of the crop. Like, so for me, if they go down for a couple of years, you might as well go to the very bottom and get the, get the elite talent for probably the next couple of years. Next year's draft is, is allegedly supposed to be, to be very good. So, for me, I can understand why they're doing it. Losing Mitchell, you know, give some of the younger kids a game. Yeah, losing Amir, maybe not as, as good mm. unless you get a number 18 draft pick or something from GWS. Maybe then it makes it worthwhile. But um, yeah, yeah, I, it's I a, a moment it's a, like that. You make sense, like you, 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 you make sense, Kieran. It's just a, it's a full-on rebuild, isn't it, Lord? Like mm. it's, a, it's a real savage one, and they can be ugly. Yeah, well, Liam Shields is another one we haven't touched on. So it's now Shields, Gunston, O'Meara. McAvoy and Mitchell. So a lot of clubs try and stagger it. I actually asked uh, Andrew Mackey this exact question. He said, yeah, of course you've got to think about that. You've got to stagger the players out rather than have five of them go at the same time. So 
you know, uh, we got a text here, you know, come on, Kane, uh, the Amira-Mitchell combo has not worked for us. It's been failed. And then in the same breath, the, the, the text has mentioned, you know, we've got Warple, who, mm. you know, where's Warple taking you? You know, then it's Moore, who's been a good forward. Newcomb's been a good player. But, uh, you know, Impey is not a midfielder. Amon's gone. Uh, sorry, joins the club, but more mm. an outside. Nash, Morrison, but they're not taking you too far, these guys. So it's more so if... Yeah, yeah, Josh Ward, Connor McDonald, they're the type, but they're going to be year two players. Mm. So you, uh, when you're getting beaten badly, can't you got to think about what that does for your development damage. as well? Yeah, yeah, the damage to those young players, and we, we saw that at North Melbourne. I, I feel like Sam Mitchell has supreme confidence mm. in his own ability, and he'll need it because that'll be tested. And I just hope Hawthorne have a real long strategy with him because I, I rate mm. him highly as a coach, but there's not many coaches that survive you know, three or four years mm. of, of not much and, and finishing the bottom four. So I'm sure Hawthorne have a plan to sort of back him in as a 10, you know, 13-year coach like Damien Harbuck has been at Richmond. But certainly Hawthorne fans' patience and the patience of a big club like that, no doubt it's going to be tested because I can see it being pretty ugly for the next two to three years. Dan is in Cronulla. You want to speak about Caleb Poulter, Dan, who uh, Collingwood said yesterday is in limbo and is going to have to wait for a little bit to find out his future. G'day, Dan. We'll get back to just Dan. Lost yeah, how you going? Yeah. Uh, we got you now, mate. Um, I, was, I was thinking I'm a Saints supporter. Just got you on a dodgy line, Dan. We'll get you to jump around, do a spin, hop on one leg, and we'll get back to you shortly. But, yeah, Caleb Poulter, uh, you know, second-year player at Collingwood, was impressive in his first year. Wing, um, good penetration. Had been some links with Adelaide, but... I did read yesterday that Graham Wright was on the late trade and said he's just going to have to be one of those players that waits until the end of the the list lodgement scenario to find yeah. out whether he's still got a home at Collingwood. Yeah, the caller was uh, linking him to St Kilda. Would they have any interest? But uh, he's one of those players that uh, they'd go, hey, can we get someone better in the draft than Caleb Poulter? Yeah, he's had some good games, pretty skinny, sort of running outside sort of player. But uh, like Liam Stocker, he's a player mm. that... If you're still sitting here now and there's 17 clubs who have looked at you and gone, oh, nah, not sure. We'll, we'll just see what else is out there. Well, you're in a really vulnerable position. Hey, we had a couple of texts from Sydney and just asking us the question, is it right that they're not doing a whole lot? Their guru recruiter who's been around the block a lot of times and is one of the best in the business is Kinnear Beats. And he spoke to Trade Radio yesterday. Let's work our way through a few of the things that he said. Firstly, on Aaron Francis and their liking of him. Yes, um, there's two things that we're trying to achieve out of this trade period. One is to bring Aaron in, and we're hopeful we're edging closer with that. That might involve a three-way deal with Melbourne. We're exploring that at the moment. Um, Chris Kane's working his way through that with the, the points and numbers and everything that each club requires. The other part of it is we, we do hold selections 14 and 17, and we're open-minded with what we do with them. We would like to get into the pointy end of the draft, not sure that that's going to be possible, but um, of course we can explore that prior to the draft and we can also explore it during the draft. Mm. At the moment it looks that way, Josh. Um, things change though. It doesn't take much to tip it on its head if clubs are a bit unrealistic with what they expect, etc. Um, you've got to try to take the emotion out of it because the people that are affronting their club, they're trying to get the best result for their club. Um, we get it, everybody understands it gets a bit um, testy at times with some of the relationships, but
but hopefully we'll be able to get this one done, if not today, hopefully tomorrow, and it doesn't draw on to the, the last 15 minutes or so, <laughs> which is, it's just too stressful for everybody, but some, some people like to play it that way. Sydney's Kinnear beats and asking whether they will get that big sort of three-way deal involving Francis and, and Wiedemann done. It's nice to hear a cool, calm, mm. level head and you can see what has made him so successful, Lauder. He was a list boss at the Western Jets when I was there in 1994, <laughs> Kane. So he's had a great run uh, at AFL level and wherever he's been, success has come with him. And it's, it's interesting on that for the kids at draft level, Kane. I'm getting fielding calls from a lot of clubs mm. uh, for a what, what are they? Oh, I'm interested yeah. in that. Yeah. So you, you you coach at school level at Haleberry, which is a very high level. You've had a lot of kids drafted in the past we know of. What are the things clubs are interested in to ask you about potential draftees? It's interesting, uh, Kane, that every club does it different. Like some ask me to give scores from, you know, one being poor, five being excellent, uh, and, and in between, obviously, good, very good. All those in in what areas in terms of so character uh, uh, yeah, so, or, yeah, or yeah, more ability? That, yeah. I, I'm more on the football side, but more calls go to the school and the, the man, his name's Graham Lees, and he's in charge of the boys, head of boys at Halebury, and more of them say, we know what he can do football from a football element, but mm. we want to know what he's like towards his teachers. What's he like with diligence, respect, character, yep. um, all those sorts of things. So the school actually would get more calls than I do about how the person acts away from the football ground. But in terms of that, yeah, uh, yeah how would he go travelling interstate? Mm. Uh, yeah, what, what's his, what are his parents like? Influences, any red flags? Yep. What, uh, what sort of coaching, what do they like? How do they best learn? Yeah, what what is it? Is is it um, you know, one v one? Is it drawings? Is it uh, PowerPoint? Yeah. Is it vision? So they want to know every single thing. How um, honest are you? Because it's a great yeah, reflection yeah. of you and the school to mm. have more kids drafted. Like, are you, are you brutally honest or? Yeah, I'm, I'm honest. You... Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty honest uh, with with it, Kane. Uh, yeah, because they they can see they can see it. Uh, the mm. majority they're just looking for confirmation. But the point on like. Often I'll say, uh, okay, you're interested in that player. They say, yeah, we are. But a lot of them say, Ollie Hotton, for example, is a guy I've got at Halebury, and he'll go around the 20 mark. And you can see they're interested, but so many teams are jockeying to get into the top 10 with picks. So, for example, mm. the Sydney Swans, you heard there, have got pick 14 and 17. That's the Holly Ollie Hotton range. But yeah. they'd love for 14 and 17 to then get into the top 10, which a lot of clubs are jockeying to do. Which we've spoken about, and yeah. that was on the back of that, that sort of that Herald Sun article that we've referenced. That the more success that you have in the top ten, we heard James Gallagher from St Kilda say that, you know, your guns, your gun midfielders are taken, you know, between one and five essentially mm. in the draft. So that's what those clubs yeah. are trying to achieve. Now, Kenny Beatson has seen a lot of deals in his time. He was asked just from an outsider's point of view. Um, how he saw the big mega trade involving North West Coast, the Giants and Port Adelaide. I think the players, if they hold on to those two picks, they'll get two very good players there. The fact that they also brought in a further future one, um, I thought it was a pretty astute um, trade. The other thing that you've got to, or people have to understand and your listeners have to understand is there's no one else that knows... Um, Jason Horn Francis as well as what the North Melbourne Football Club do. So they'll know whether there was a chance that he was going to settle and get his uh, best footy out of himself or not. Only North know that. They're close to it, closer than anybody else, past players, 
fans, members, etc. So you just back your staff in that they know what they're doing. But two and three for mine, if they hold those, um, they'll get two very good players. Kinnear Beetson praising North Melbourne for their role in that. Plenty more coming up. We've got all the news of the day. Truth or spin, Scotty Lucas, prominent player agent, is going to join us as well. And Jason McCartney is going to speak to SEM. We'll turn a little bit of that around and get his thoughts on the players that have departed and perhaps who they're going to take with pick one, if he would answer that, which I'm sure he wouldn't. It is the early trade for tyre power. Tyre experts you should always trade with, and we'll be back after this short breather. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Hit the road with a one in four chance to win. If I was for Henley Homes. Build a Henley solar-powered all-electric home and save up to 70% on your energy bills. Uh, if I was, is for Henley Homes. Buy a completed home and move in now. Henley completed homes now selling in Mikulam and Tarnit. Henley.com.au. Um, can I queue up uh, Brendan Goddard? Have we, have we got that ready to go, fellas, back in the studio? Has uh, anyone giving me the nod? Two. Yes. Yep, we can play this. Here's Brendan Goddard yesterday. Sorry, Kane. Just not here oh, quite ready yet. Sorry, uh, what Goddard. was the context of what Brendan did have to say about you, Kane? Well, no, I think we need to play the. Okay. I think we need to play play the audio. So we'll, we'll get right. back to that um, very very shortly. In the meantime, why don't we um, why don't we move on to a couple of those text messages coming through? Uh, our man Mitch Cleary. I was just sending him a message there. He's called the Richmond midfield the Super Six Lordo. Mm. So he went on Channel Seven last night and he says this midfield catapults Richmond back into flag contention. A Super 6 with Graham Baker short and Sonsi pinch hitting. So he's got Hopper, Taranto, Dustin Martin, Shea Bolton, Dion Prestia and Trent Cochin as Richmond's Super 6. You like the midfield on paper? Lordo, i got some questions about it. Mm. Trent so Cochin, is he... Who's, is, is tr- who's the most explosive of them? If you can go through those names again. So Taranto's well, no, not explosive. Taranto and Hopper, no. no. Um, Cochin, Prest- no. Cochin's definitely no. He's more your he's more your grunt factor. Joel Selwood. I think they'll more manage Trent Cochin through the year. Potentially, he doesn't do the damage that he used to do. Dustin Martin is explosive if he wants to play, but yes. I'm not. Sure, does he want to play? Mm. That's that's the big question about Dustin Martin. Do, do we actually know? Is Dustin Martin just playing because he's got you know two and a half million left on two years of a contract, or does he actually want to continually be? one of the best players we've ever seen. And we will not know that. Um, but certainly his motivation for the game has been questioned over the last couple of seasons. And, and Shea Bolton is, is yeah. an absolute superstar, mm. genuine superstar of the game and does most of his work in the front half of the ground, which we love. So, yeah, I'm not sure where it ranks in terms of the game's best midfields because the Giants had a pretty good midfield mm. last year and it didn't sort of work for them. But, yeah, we've discussed Richmond at length throughout this period. I, I think it's right up there, yeah, having a good think about it and, and, and with what Bolton can do. And if Prestia can get a good run at it, because uh, whenever Prestia plays, they're a far he's better a star, side. He's, yeah. he's a brilliant player. And, and Taranto and Hopper are high-quality footballers. Uh, it's just how damaging can they be? Can they kick 10 goals plus each, 15 goals, uh, take pressure off Revolt and Lynch? But, uh, yeah, that is a very, very exciting uh, group that they've put together, Kane, you'd have to say. Yeah, have you say 0419187323. Who's got the best midfield in the AFL? 
Um, would love your thoughts on that. That wasn't if I was, but if you are looking to buy a completed home, look at Henley Homes. You can move in now. They're selling in Mickleham and Tarnit, Henley.com. .au. There's a list coming up today, yeah, there I is, think. Kane, and I'm going to play a bit of a game with you. Uh, I love what Melbourne put out. So they put out the Tap Brothers, so uh, in terms of like a movie scene. and The Step, that, the that, step, the step Brothers? Yeah, and they named uh, Brody Grundy and Max Gorn the Tap Brothers. Oh, the ta- instead the, of the Step Brothers. Instead gotcha, of the Step Brothers, gotcha. the Tap yeah. Brothers, which was, I thought, very, very smart. And I'm going to play a game. So great duo. So they're hoping they could be just one of the great duos, Kane. So I'm going to give you two first names. And you've got to tell me the duo I'm talking about. So over some great duos. So I've got 11 of them. And I'm seeing how great they were by you. It should come straight off the tip Righto. of your tongue okay. about what this duo was. That's uh, something for you. I know I always get you in the Sunday quizzes on the Sunday <laughs> show every week. But uh, we'll see how quick you are with my list later on and right. who my great duos are. And Laura's it's world sport too, not just AFL. Oh, okay. All right. I'll have to uh, get my knowledge ready. And you can play along as well. 0419187323. And some of the social media work is one of the real um, joys, I think, of modern football is the work that the club's social media teams do. And the Step Brothers into the Tap Brothers was awesome yesterday. Loved what Adelaide did with Isaac Rankin, sort of taking him through a tour of the facilities. But with his playing highlights, playing through through their change rooms was, was awesome. Hey, there was some terrific stuff. Kane, I want to raise too, just uh, while we're sort of obviously waiting for some trades and some more talk to happen uh, throughout today. Not too many left to go, but the Essendon uh, review, uh, it will, mm. yeah, so that'll start. What do you make things. of the findings? Uh, well, I don't that think, was... yeah, I don't. I think when the full, uh, when it's fully seen, it's, it's going to be quite damning uh, on, on the club and the way it's run, been run. Uh, the football department, um, and sort of the lack of development. So we spoke about Andrew McGrath yesterday, and I just made some comments around how he hasn't come on quite like they would have hoped. And, and even, you know, who has, you know, haven't had many All Australians in the last probably five, six, mm. seven years. So uh, Essendon have come out and said they're going to bolster player development and performance. But a lot of supporters say, why haven't, why haven't we mm. had this in place in, in the first place? So, uh, yeah, it's uh, not pretty, I think, what's going to come from the review when we see it in full. Yeah, there's a, a letter to the members that went out mm. um, last night. And there are three, sorry, four pillars that they want to have a look at, restoring our purpose as a club, resetting with our members, our players, our community, um, building a unified internal culture and backing our people and operations through strong governance. That's just a whole lot of words mm. to me. So I'll wait and see if there's more information there's a, a newly appointed role who will report directly to josh marnie so general manager of performance and you're right josh marnie was on 3rw yesterday and spoke that he's excited about the investment mm. that's going to go back into football and to your point bombers fans be going, why hasn't there been yeah. the investment in football which is clearly the most important thing when you are running a football club yeah. We've always been going well off the field with sponsors and financially but i think yeah this this current regime go come on we're it's all about it's it's about everything, but it's about number one how successful you are. The fans want to turn up and watch a team they're proud of, mm. and and I think Andrew Welsh uh, is yeah. really driving things hard in terms of uh, the review and and getting things back on track. So uh, yeah, it's uh, they're, they're in a terrible position, but I think they're making the right steps forward, Kane. And if they do that, I don't think there'll be what I spoke about yesterday, uh, where there'll be a challenge to David mm. Barham and this mm. current board.
All right, you can have your say on that. Bombers fans, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. It is uh, trade radio for Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tires today. Up up next is Lordo's little game that he's going to play. He's going to put us under the pump. Look forward to doing that. Not really. I'm nervous. We'll do that next. Lloydie's List for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Uh, the list is back. Uh, Robbie Durazio is going to join us very, very shortly. Key player agent during this trade period. One of the best in the game. Grundy, Hopper, Bose, some of his clients. He's going to join us shortly. But in the meantime, it is the famous list for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions for the all-new Ford Ranger. Uh, duos in sport. Off the back of Brody Grundy and Max Gorn and what Melbourne are hoping they can do for the Demons for the next five or six years. So great duos, Kane. It's not really in order, uh, but I just want to see if you can pick these up. So uh, I'll start with this. I'll give you the first name, and you've got to finish who oh. these great duos were. So Gordon and Desmond. Haynes? Yes. Um, and and uh, Greenwich? So Gordon. Greenwich and Hayne, Gordon Greenwich and yes. Desmond Hayne, a the great West, Indies. West yep. Indian combination. Joe and Jerry. Joe and Jerry. Don't have Joe and Jerry. Oh, out the back, they're struggling too. Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. So three <laughs> Super Bowls and 50 <laughs> yeah. touchdown combinations. From the 49ers. Together. Yes. Uh, this one's nice and easy for you. Kobe and Shaquille. That would be uh, Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal in the Lakers, yes. an awesome duo. 2000, 2001, 2002 flags. Uh, this one, nice and simple. Jason and Dermot. <laughs> Dunstall and Brereton. Yes. Love it. Jim and Phil. Cracker. Yeah, the, the Cracker Brothers. Boys. Todd and Mark. Todd and Mark Woodbridge and Woodford. Yeah, the, the Woodies. Woodies. 61 titles, 11 Grand Slams between them. Dennis and Jeff. Dennis and uh, Jeff, so that'd be Dennis Lilly, yes. wouldn't it? And Jeff yes. Marsh, yes. Yeah. I'm also going Jeff Thompson. So the Jeff, uh, yeah, you could go uh, either it one. Rod, of the, it was Rod, Rod Marsh, Marsh wasn't it? Was, yeah, yeah, Jeff Thompson. Bad. Yep. This one, uh, Venus and Serena. The Williams yeah, sisters. 14, Great movie as well, yeah. King Richard. 14 Grand Slams together doubles. Uh, Tom and Rob. Tom and Rob. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Well done. Uh, four titles together. Michael and Scotty. Uh, that would be Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, six flags together at the Chicago Bulls. And Magic and Kareem. <laughs> uh, Magic uh, Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Dabar. Yes. Is that what I say his yes. last name? The yes. Lakers. Matthew and Scott to finish. <laughs> Matthew Lord and Scotty Lucas. Yes. I love right, that. Yeah. Um, not to, what do I get a pass? Yeah, it wasn't too you, bad. You were shaky early, but uh, yeah, yeah, I was probably good. a bit too easy on you in the end. All right, that was Lordo's list. Yeah. You play along at home. So this is on the back of uh, the duo Max Gorn and Brody Grundy teaming up. Melbourne are now naming them the Tap Brothers, mm. and they've renamed Brody Grundy as in Brody Grundy with D double E at the end of it, which mm. we love. But your famous uh, footy duos, let us know your thoughts. Scotty Lucas and Matty Lloyd, mm. right in the heart of that one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight, and Lordo's good mate. And his forward partner now in the AFL agents business, Scotty Lucas, is going to join us after 8.30. Coming up next, though, we're going to go to him now. We're going to go to a break. We're going to go to him right now. His yeah. name is Robbie Durazio, uh, and he joins us from Connor's Sports. Robbie, thanks so much for your time. Morning, boys. Are you happy? Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good feeling to um, 
I guess going to the last day of trade, knowing that the main the main boys that you wanted to move um, are, are done. So yeah, look, happy and um, quite content and um, happy to sit back today and then see how other things unfold. But yeah, quite happy. How hard has it been for you to to bite your tongue with what has unfolded with your client Brody Grundy? I mean, he's been incredibly classy about it. Um, I thought it was a really nice social media statement that he made yesterday. But have you been frustrated along the way as to how and why it's got to this? Not frustrated, Kane. I think we're all getting our heads around the, the game's changed um, a lot in the last even twenty four months. I think that since COVID. Um, List management strategies and the way that the clubs look at the way they're going to move forward is all changing, and we've got to adapt to it and, and evolve and be ready for uh, the things that come your way. So, not frustrated, more got to look at it. Um, if I get frustrated, that probably will, will, will go mm. down towards the player, and he'll get frustrated. So, take it as as it what it is, and, and get to work. Did you get the why? Like you would, you would have the why. Colin would have been asked, you know, how did it get to this? I'm not sure they've adequately answered the question they've sort of left it to interpretation and we're, we're understanding of the the salary cap pressures that are there but can you give any insight into why they've traded one of their better players two years into a seven-year deal and they're going to pay some of his wage i guess the why and graham Wright's done this for a long time and um you know extremely good at it to graham's credit he came into a new regime uh, two years ago you know took over from some of the previous regime and um I like when list managers come in and don't, you know, suddenly badmouth or, or go through a, a clean out straight away on what, what they've what they've taken on. So look, he took it with open eyes and open ears, and we were discussing things along the way. Um, I think in the end, Brody, Brody, you know, we all know the long term deal and the and, the, and the, the footy that he missed this year. I think that played a big part. They won a lot of games without him, um, and I think in the end. Uh, he had three ruckmen, in maybe you know four, including Aiden Begg, that on his list, and we're paying them a lot of money. And Brody's the one that probably had the most ability to change what it is, his salary cap. Mm. So mm. Look, we had great conversations throughout the year, and I think that's what it is in the end. It's it's him and him and the coach were happy to sit down and work out which one they wanted to keep, and one that probably helped their salary cap the most was Brody Grundy, and um, we 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 approached it like that. And he's really excited to get to Melbourne Footy Club. Well. You know, I said yesterday, I think, that he wasn't jumping for joy when the trade went through. There was a bit of sadness in there. Um, he wakes up this morning, a Melbourne footy player, and he's, he's excited to get to work. Rob, was there ever an option for him to take a, a pay cut to stay at the club, or it was uh, ne- never really in the ballpark for that to happen, for him to stay a Collingwood player? It was never really discussed, to be honest, Lloyd, Um I think that uh, a list manager would like all players to take mm. pay cuts, you know, if they went through their books at the end of each year because something might become available. But look, to be honest with you, it wasn't something that was discussed in depth, um, in, in totality, to be honest with you, no. And w- what about uh, the Jack Bowes uh, deal? Uh, what was it about Geelong in the end, at the end of it that he selected them over the other two clubs? Uh, in the end, uh, the Bosey one was a similar one. It was something that, you know, he, he had a really big pre-season, wanted to push into the midfield. Stewie Dew gave him the opportunity in pre-season off, off the back of last year. He's been a really consistent performer, Jack, but not really gone to the next level. So his pre-season was fantastic. Injured his shoulder, has to get a shoulder, Rico, and unfortunately comes back to play, you know, um, in a half-back flank, back pocket, but just really wanted to push in the midfield. So we sat down at the end of the year with him um, and the footy club and, 
an opportunity was to to move and, and if you wanted to play mid, it's probably not going to be here. Like they're really strong in that in that position in the Gold Coast and don't really swing players through there like others do. So um, once that became uh, an opp- opportunity to leave, we met with the clubs, which have all been spoken about. And, and Geelong, it's funny. Back in June, we had a message from Andrew Mack in Dangerfield, um, and we we managed Patrick, and it was around Jack Bowes. I think he was playing maybe in a VFL game on Channel 7 and um, he played really well. He had 40-odd touches against... It might have been Collingwood in the VFL and there was a cheeky text from Danger just saying, what's Jack Bowes going to do next year? And that's mm. sort of where it stemmed from. So once we sat down with the clubs, um, Jack was really... Wanted to know which club wanted him the most, I guess, once the pick seven became available, which club was there first, in a way. Mm. Um, and it was Geelong. So that was a really important part of Jack's decision. So, does he feel yeah. sorry, Lord? Does he feel betrayed by Gold Coast in all of this? There's been some reports coming through that that is the case. How is he feeling about what has unfolded? He betrays probably the wrong word. He, he's a fabric of that footy club for mine. So um, since the establishment, Jack was, which again has been reported without rehashing, but you know he's from Cairns, comes down with the academy. His mum and dad moved down. The grandparents moved to Gold Coast as well. They host, you know, host players along the way. Like up there, it's, it's been a tough footy club to build. And Jack was definitely part of that original, you know, academy boy that was there. So yeah, he bled. He bled for the footy club. Um, but again, you, we've got to move on, Kane, and and, and mm. we've got to look forward. And to his credit, he went to Bali. He didn't want to talk about it throughout the year, despite all the speculation. I'd, I'd ring him, you know, in round 18 and say, mate, this is probably on the books, how he's sitting, you know, don't talk to me. He was playing VFL at the time. He wanted to just concentrate on winning the VFL premiership. They actually got to a preliminary final, which was a great effort for the boys. Like, they really stuck fat up there, and um, that's where all his energy went to. He then went away to Bali with his partner and still didn't want to talk. So it was a, yeah, to his credit, he then got back and he said, okay, where are we at? You know, and we had time up our sleeve, and we were able to meet clubs and go through the process without the emotion attached to it. So, um He's a really, you know, I'd be really excited if I was John fans. I know a lot of people are looking at it going, where does he play? How does mm. he fit in? Um, we sat through two presentations from Geelong Footy Club and uh, they were really impressive. You know, Mitch Duncan, Patrick Dangerfield, Tommy Stewart. There were some really big big names in there. And Chris Scott, most importantly, who sat there and looked in the eye and said, we, we, you will play in our team and we'll, we'll trust that and go in that, in, that, in that way. How long was Geelong's commitment to him in terms of contract length? Uh, we, in the end, we'll do four years there. So um, that's another show of faith for us. We think that um, I don't, I don't, I don't give two stuffs about pick seven. You know, I care about Jack Bowes, and that's my mm. job. Um, pick seven could be one of our players. We're not sure, but right now, pick seven's a number. So my, I look through all the, you know, all the crap and made sure that Jack Bowes was the one they were going to look after, and Jack Bowes is the player they wanted, and and then he's going to play footy. So four years was really important for, for us at, at Connor Sports. And Paul, myself, and Nikishin sat down together, and um, that was a really important part and, and show of faith. And I don't think you want to play on your list for four years that's going to play VFL footy on, on, you know, on a pretty lucrative deal. Mm. So, Rob, you had Jack Bowes who said, now I just want to focus on my footy at the Suns. And we heard Luke Jackson uh, you know, in an interview said that uh, he met with Justin Longmuir and Peter Bell mid-season. So what what are the rules? Around, are there any rules around meeting other clubs when you're under contract or is it each to their own with what a player would like to do and a manager would like to do? I think I think it's each to their own. I've had players along the journey for a long time now 
who was happy to meet, you know, meet throughout the year. I've got players who, you know, don't even want to think about it throughout the year. One, um, getting caught, I think, is a really, you know, big part. I think that, it, Lloyd, I'm sure if you heard, a, you know, a key player yeah. in your team at a club throughout the year, you probably didn't want to play with him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and, and again, I think we've got, to, we've got to change. I think we're getting better at this altogether as an industry. I think everyone's been really professional about it. Um, and, and people will go about it how they want to go about it. But to, you know, Jack wanted to just concentrate on his footy and not even talk about it, let alone meet with clubs. So, mm. And there is so much time. You know, once the... You've got to remember, only uh, eight teams will play finals. You know, so there's, the 10 teams are out. Then there's the week off before the finals start. Then there's finals. So teams are around for two or three months before before trade period that you can always go and catch up with. If the team's in the finals, obviously it changes things. But... Um, there is a lot of time that we sort of get rushed into, but if we sit back and actually look at it from afar, there's plenty of time. And you landed a, a massive deal for Jacob Hopper. So you'd be wrapped with both uh, for, for Jacob and, and yourself at Connor Sports Management to land such a long-term contract with Richmond. Uh, in terms of that, so Bose gets four years. Was it Hopper? Was it six? Six, uh, six-year six deal or seven, seven years? Wasn't it? Seven years, Rob. So uh, Yeah, how, how, got, he's got... Yeah. The question from me is how that, does that work with, uh, is it just, and it goes Geelong, steadfast, no, we only want to do four. How does it work where you can get seven for one player and four for another? I think in, in, in the end there as well, it's um, well similar to well, the ability. I think Jacob Hopper's, you know, not many people probably know Jacob. He's been playing for the Giants and sort of, a little unknown up there in, in a way, um, but he's a, he's a star of the competition and once he lands at Richmond, everyone will get to see him. Um, he's, yeah, his ability to play as an inside ball plus the step that he's got really, really steps him apart. Um, it's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's a longer-term deal and, and one that he had options as well and in the end, he had similar deals from, from other clubs mm. to, come, to come to Melbourne. Um, and I think it's the, right, it's the right number. And again, I know Kano doesn't like long-term deals, but... Hmm. Um, I, guess I, I, I love it for the player. And, I love it for the player and for the agent. <laughs> I don't love it for the club. No, I know. I mean, in the end, though, Kane, if there's a, if there's four clubs offering yeah. a deal for four, a deal for five, or a deal for six, I guess, you, you, in, in, or if they're all the same, you got to you got to look at that. You know, 100%. security is an important part of making your decision. So, um, yeah, in the end, I think that the long term deal for for Jacobs a really smart one by Richmond. They lock in their players. I know Tim Taranto's on a similar deal. Um, and they go again for, for Premiership glory. And I know that we managed Tommy Lynch, and he sent me a nice Tiger emoji last night. He's really excited. We had some midfield kicking in the ball uh, in the next few years. So um, it's exciting times for Blair Hartley and, and Damien Hardwick and the team. Hey, mate, before we let you go, any surprises left in store for for today? Uh, not not that I'm aware of. There's, you know, again, there's contracted players that are sort of names are being thrown about, but when you're contracted, you just got to sort of sit sit still and... The clubs are in control, so at the moment, um, none from us, but um, it's, it's an exciting day and, and one that you look forward to tonight, just to, you know, 7 o'clock and uh, you know everything's done and the list are sort of set for the for the next year before the draft. So, no, exciting times and um, as an industry, I think it's been a really professional, uh, held, you know, really held in professional content um, with, with salary dumping. I think we need to come up with a new word for salary mm. dumping for the players' mm. side of things. It's pretty unattractive um so we'll work on that in the off season but um no really exciting times and yeah really happy with the players that we've been able to move and and, and the clubs the way they've handed it's been really well done 
one thing you and Paul do is you get deals done and you get the players where they want to go. So congratulations on your work. As always, Robbie, thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Robbie Dorazio from Connors Sports. On the other side of this, Truth or Spin is back for its last edition. Our last edition of Truth or Spin, we try and cut through the rubbish which sometimes can be spoken at this time of the year. I'm interested in GWS's thoughts on the recruitment of Jager O'Meara. Let's get the latest with Damien Barrett. As it is for Jager O'Meara to uh, end up at GWS from Hawthorne, and as we said again about an hour ago, that the way that was unfolding, uh, the Giants would be reluctant to pay um, any quite possibly any of the wage for uh, O'Meara to play next year. Now, he's obviously contracted as a, as a Hawk player. There'd be a draft pick attached to it. I don't claim to know what pick it is. I, I was under the assumption it might have been one of those early ones that the uh, the Giants have still got, but it may just be a little bit later than that. They would need to offer him more than the one year that he has on a contract. Yeah. Truth or spin that the Giants could get O'Meara for free, Lord, that's, a bit, that's asking a bit much, isn't it? Oof. It's a tr- that's the toughest one you've asked me, to be honest, Kano, because, uh, um, yeah, they, they may... What sort of money would you think O'Meara would be on from well, that initial of, deal that he was on? I, th- I think he has re-signed okay. since the initial deal, but it would be a sizable... Con- I, I would think he'd be one of Hawthorne's highest-paid players, if not the highest. So, you know, I would think at minimum it's six fifty seven hundred. Mm. So, for Hawthorne to pay all of that... I think it's spin from the Giants to expect that to happen. Yeah, you'd say spin, considering they had to offload Hopper and Taranto. Taranto mm. didn't want to leave. Uh, mm. And then also that Whitfield and Haynes' names were raised also through this trade period shows. Uh, yeah, so they, they could pay some, you'd think, but uh, wouldn't be able to pay too much, I think, with their salary cap issues and how much they have paid the high-end players at the Giants. Mm. Ollie Henry um, says that he'll go to the draft if he can't get a trade with Geelong. you think he's truthful about that or is he spinning his but way I'll say spin. Yeah. Spin on that one because yeah. uh, you'd say you'd go back to Collingwood before making it a lottery for where you, you ended up. I would have thought so. Graham Wright, list boss at Collingwood, has had a busy trade period. He was asked the question why they traded Brody Grundy. I'm not sure he answered it. Have a listen. Yeah, that's a good question. Obviously, it's probably been about you know, 12 months in the making, to be honest, that we've sort of been having conversations with Brody and his management across that period. And, um, as we know, the, the club found itself a couple of years ago in a, in a really perilous position, um, salary cap-wise, and we, we obviously had to uh, continue to make movements around that. Um, so it was, a, it was a decision more in the medium to long term, not... Um, for 2023 as such, um, it was it was something that we felt as a yeah, as a footy club, and obviously we've been the instigators of it that we were prepared to explore it um, and prepared to explore it with uh, with Brody in, in um, you know, being open and honest all the way through it. And, um, yeah, so that that hasn't been started probably at the back end of last year. Um, we found ourselves in a position this year where we were quite happy for Brody to explore what might be out there for him. Mm. Happy for Brody to explore what might be out there for him. I think it was the other way around. So 12 months in the making, there's been some conversations around it. He alluded to the salary cap problems, um, and it's a decision for the medium to long term. I thought he spun his way through <laughs> that. I, I think if you're going to do that, and if you're going to make a big decision about a much-loved player, you tell the fans exactly why. Now, fortunately enough, we had Robbie Dorazio, um moments ago, and I think he explained it much better than 
what Graham Wright tried to do yesterday. And finally, Jason Horn francis was asked about the by-play between his former teammate Cam Zerha, who clearly wasn't that disappointed to see the back of him. Oh, look, I think it's, I think it's a bit of fun in games. Um, you know, me and Cam, I thought we had a, we had a um, you know, decent relationship, so, yeah. Spin. It I don't is. think they're happy. It, I don't think his teammates no, are happy. He answered it very well, Jason. Uh, didn't inflame the situation for a young man to get out there after, you know, to front the media. I liked it. Uh, he got out mm. there after, you know, when you're 12, 12 months into a career, you make some mistakes in the media to what you might 10 years down the track. So, yeah, it is probably spin, but at the same time, he answered good it well spin. not to inflame the situation. Yeah, good yeah. spin. And he, he probably did the same. The media were, were desperate for the answer about Alistair Clarkson being the reason mm. or one of the reasons why he left. And he, he did his best not to say that. He, mm. he did, definitely said, look, that's not what I'm focusing on. He was going to be unstable but you know he may have spun his way through it but as you said it was a pretty mature media can i ask you a truth or spin yep were you disappointed that Corey mckernan called you a shock jock <laughs> on twitter yesterday is that a truth uh, or so, spin or so, is that just a yes or no uh, well i want to know if you're going to spin your way out of it and go he's entitled to his opinion or are you going to say something a bit stronger. Well, I don't follow Corey McKernan on Twitter, but we do have a Sunday footy show group text message. Yes. That's the rounds. Mm. The, 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 the fellas Within were, seconds. were quick to, <laughs> to alert me to the fact of what had been said. Uh, it's the third time I've been called a shock jock this year. Trevor Nisbet, the CEO okay. of the West Coast Eagles. Alistair Clarkson oh, called oh, me a shock doc, and that didn't didn't end that well for Clarko. <laughs> and um, I'm not sure about, not sure about Corey. I... Look, I don't think what I said about a long-term deal and the, and the justifications behind Port Adelaide giving it was anything shocking. Mm. I don't think I tried to shock anyone doing a headline. I just sort of gave the reasons as to why perhaps they were prepared to give Jason Orn Francis six years. Thank you, Lordo. Mm. On the other side of this, Scotty Lucas, one of the more prominent agents in the game, Radaglia, uh, Lloyd Meek, uh, Tip and Woody, and others, Liam Stocker included, are his clients. And we'll get the latest with him on the other side of this. Yeah, it is the early trade for tyre power tyre experts. You should always trade with prominent player agent who is always generous with his time. Essendon champion Scott Lucas from Phoenix Sports Management joins us. Scotty, thanks so much for your time again. Pleasure, Kay. How are you feeling with, I don't know, a little bit more than half a day to go or a day to go, closes at 7.30 tonight, a couple of your clients still up in the air. Can we start with, with Radagalia and, and where the situation currently stands? We know Port Adelaide are keen, we know he's keen to get there, but Geelong hesitant to let go of him. Can you give us an update? Well, you've nailed it, Kane. Uh, look, okay. the was in contract. It was something uh, we were keen to explore and then push on with. We think the offer from Port to Geelong is fair, uh, all things considered, uh, but we continue to work on that. And we also respect the fact that Geelong have an in-contract player that they'd like. So, you know, it requires an understanding and acceptance from them to, to want to move Asaba. So unlike an uncontracted player that holds a little bit more leverage in the situation, this is one where you're working really closely with both sides to hopefully achieve the outcome for the player. Have you made any progress with it? And if you had to call it, uh, what colours is he wearing next year? Port colours or Geelong? Look, we're hopeful that he's wearing Port Adelaide colours and we've certainly made progress. But as you'd know, maybe 70% of the deals, 
probably get done in the last three or four hours. So we'll continue to work on it. The attraction behind Port Adelaide is is clearly opportunity and positional wise. What what was their pitch to him on on where he would play and and where they see him as a part of their side? Yeah, look, you're right. Uh, once again, you've done your homework very well, Kane. Asava started to play down in the back line late in the year for Geelong. Uh, that's something that he'd like to explore further at Port. Port are keen on that idea with them having an ageing back line. Uh, and we look at the opportunities at Geelong and acknowledge the Premiership team that have brought in or bringing in uh, Bruin, Henry and then Bose doesn't make things easier for Asava in terms of getting a game and then their structure up forward with Cameron uh, and Hawkins looking as good as it ever has. It's really just about the opportunity that prevent, that can present itself for Asava to continue his career and really grow. Scotty, I'm really interested in, in how these these chats come about. Like how, how long ago uh, did the call first come about Asava or, or was it post-grand final? Um. Look, everyone's different. In this case, we had some ongoing discussions with Geelong through the year and where their lists were at and what they were thinking. They always had said, you know, we really value Asava, but just, yeah, be open-minded. And there, there is so much up in the air. Like back then, I'd imagine there was an interest in Brody Grundy potentially for them. So they're looking at how they fit all the tools in. Uh, they did a lot of work on Hopper. So you've got to manage your list spots. So... I think things are always changing too, which we appreciate with Geelong. But with that in mind and Asava having thought about it, he's keen keen to seek opportunity elsewhere. And what about security for Asava? So I presume that Port Adelaide, he's got one year left at Geelong, but Port Adelaide may be offering him a three-year deal or something like that. So it's also a financial sense as well for him to get this move? Oh, absolutely. It's always the case with your, your players that are in contract certainly, that you'll look for an extended term elsewhere because, you know, the market is so that things change a lot in 12 months and when there's an opportunity and interest elsewhere, you've really got to explore it for your client. It's no different in saying that with an out-of-contract. If we've had guys that have been out-of-contract and a club may be offering them a one-year deal, if you can get multiple years elsewhere, uh, you've got to look at it closely because the value or, or... the one-year offer tells a story in itself of where they see a particular player. So if you can extend their career, which we're big on, the more time you're in the system, the more you're learning, the more opportunity to get better and continue that career is really front of mind for us. And look, what we really value too about our clients is they're extremely loyal. So that can be a difficult conversation in the sense that they're really loyal to their club that they're at quite often. Um, but understanding that bigger picture and some of the discussions we have is important to, to provide to your player so he has all the information when making any of these decisions. So Port Adelaide, Scotty, have picked 33, which sounds like that's not enough for Geelong. So have Port got much room, you think, to, to do something else to get this deal done? Look, you're right. Uh, that, that's where it sits at the moment. Geelong would like uh, more. Port Adelaide don't have a lot more at the moment that's of value to Geelong. But with other clubs, if you look at how the, the Horn Francis deal was unlocked with West Coast and, um, and North Melbourne and Port all working together and the Giants as well, there's that opportunity that we're always... Well, Port are always looking at, Geelong are potentially looking at, and, and we are on behalf of the player because our job is to do 
the best we can to facilitate the trade that he would like and have it work for both clubs. Scotty Lucas joining us from Phoenix Sports Management, talking about Sava Radagalia and their interest in getting him to Port Adelaide and how that eventuates today. What about McDonald, Tip and Woody, um, Scotty? Is your phone rung off the hook with clubs interested in enticing him out of contract or is it just down to Fremantle and the Bombers? Uh, look, certainly other clubs have called and inquired about it on the back of last week. I did say to Lloydie last week, Kane, you've, you've created a, you've created <laughs> a couple of days' work for me. Thanks, Lloydie. Uh, and, and that's fine. Um, yeah, look, other clubs have inquired. Uh, Frio uh, was of interest to him because the potential of, of him moving there is he's had some family in Perth, so there was that obvious link. Uh, he's since sat down with Brad Scott and had a really good discussion. He... I think where it sits now is he needs to just make a decision around his real desire to play next year and also what that looks like from a Frio point of view and how that could eventuate and also with Essendon and how that looks also so that he has all that info. But it's not something that will be dealt with today. It's not part of trade period. It's more uh, Frio would look at it from an SSP point of view and, and then, then Essendon on the other hand, have the opportunity to, if they see fit and keep Tibbers keen, to retain him. Okay, so if he has a desire to play football, um, Essendon can yes. put him straight onto a, a list? I, I think there'd be... Uh, so we've had discussions with the AFL how that works, that, he, that he, the opportunity would sit there that he could be retained on their list, so to speak, uh, with the way that list lodgements and that work. That's still to be confirmed, I might add. Uh, from a point of view with Freo, then it would be, you know, you're delisted from Essendon and, and having to go through or nominate for the drafts, etc. Okay. Lloyd Meek, Scotty, what's holding up that trade? Uh, look, uh, um, just what's been offered and, and Freo's uh, desire to keep him. And look, we're, we're all about, as we said earlier with all our players, opportunities elsewhere. And we just think with um, Sean Darcy being their number one ruck there, uh, bringing in Luke Jackson, that we think mm. Lloyd's really developed his game this year, and we think he's in a good spot to press to be a number one ruckman at a club, but we just think the opportunity at Freo won't be there for him to realise his potential. So that's why, yeah, we've been keen to canvas opportunities elsewhere. Mm. Uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, Liam Stocker was delisted from the Blues. A lot of Carlton fans were, were querying that decision. Uh, is there been any interest in him? I know it's a delisted free agent situation, so you'll have to wait, but do you expect him to be on a list next year? Yeah, look, I think there's a real chance for, for Liam in, in that regard. He's had a couple of fruitful conversations with clubs at this stage, but you're right, uh, it, it won't be a part of trade period. It's more getting to the seeing Seeing what clubs get or don't get through the trade period, because we find that clubs are really focused on you know bringing in um, players that really address a need, make them better, etc., and then once they move through that and perhaps they miss on a player that they were keen as an inside mid, then they'll, they'll look at those players that can add to their list that they can sign in that delisted free agency period. And that's where it sits for Liam at the moment. Scotty, many Saints fans ask, why doesn't Jack Vitale play more? Uh, and he's one of your players. Uh, is he... Yeah, I ask the same <laughs> thing, Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, so is he contracted for next year with St Kilda? So what, yeah, what's his situation? Yeah, Jack, Jack's out of contract at the moment. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's why, look, we... I know, Kane, you, you talk about long-term contracts and they're the, the bugbearer of your existence. Mm. Um, 
look for us we we just feel to digress slightly that there's a lot of players five six seven at each club at the moment that are out of contract and hanging so um that's a challenge for them uh, we often hear about the guys getting the long-term deals which is great there's also a lot of the industry that deal with a lot of the uncertainty at play uh, as players jack's one of those out of contract at the moment he's got some interest uh i don't think that'll be realized during trade period and then the st kilda will have a decision on the back of that because we've had good discussions open and honest throughout the journey where there's a real interest in keeping him they've had some you know some list spot challenges and that's the thing list sizes are really tight at the moment post covid and the list size reduction so it can become a state of well we've got you might rank a player slightly higher than some others on your list but that player's in contract and they can't move on them so then they have to move on some others that they may rate but to free up list spots they have to make that decision but we've had some good discussions with jack and we're hopeful that a contract will exist in st kilda i hope it works out for you scotty with everything you need to achieve today as always throughout this period we we appreciate your generosity with your time all good thanks guys cheers scotty lucas phoenix sports management and we'll wait and see how that lands today with radaglia Uh, and particularly uh, Lloyd Meek as well. We'll be back to wrap up proceedings on the other side of this. Family safety is never up for trade. Equipped for anything for Coates. We're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Head to coates.com.au. Well, Trade Radio's equipped for anything today. For Coates, we're more than high. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. So we've got you covered right through until the deadline. Lordo, are you heading down to Marvel Stadium tonight? I'll be there, Kano. Yes, I'm doing five till eight o'clock with Sauce and Damien Barrett. So I remember our heads were spinning when Trelaw and all that was going down. Jaden Stevenson a couple of years ago. So yeah. uh, we'll be ready to go again tonight. All right, so Trade Radio is equipped for anything for Coates. We're more than high. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au. The streaming numbers will be absolutely through the roof, five to eight down there at Marvel Stadium. Damo will drive the ship as he yeah. always does. And it is, it's an interesting time. Damo's phone's going off mm. and he's trying to host <laughs> and he's trying to bring breaking news. And then you get the insight into the, the club's meeting in the rooms and the, I'm not sure if we'll have the yeah. camera access. I'm sure. I'm sure that we will. Have that, but you'll be able to watch that on afl.com.au and, and right throughout the day, normal um, scheduling will be will be there. Um, there's been a lot happening today, and apologies we haven't gotten to all of your text messages, but your calls. But it's been it's been awesome, Lord. Oh, it's yeah. been the most fun trade period I think we've ever had, largely because it is busy, and I think all in all, the action is good for the game, and it does keep AFL relevant. You know, in the middle of their off season. You're spot on, Kane, and, and we see, you know, I remember Hawthorne, what they did getting you know, Brian Lake in, Josh Gibson, David Hale, uh, Burgoyne, just mm. it made a massive difference. You know, Gunston getting in from Adelaide Crows made a massive difference to what they did. You saw Geelong last year, you know, uh, this year, sorry, you know, with uh, Dangerfield, uh, you know, Zach Tui, yeah. you know, these types of players who Stanley. just, yeah, Stanley just made a massive difference. And then there'd be others there as well, Isaac Smith. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, uh, and then we'll see this time next year, we'll see how good was that Dion Prestia. I remember we were both at the time going, oh, it's a big, big give for Dion Prestia, but he's been significant in their premiership window as well, along with Tom Lynch. So it's such an important time for clubs. Uh, and, 
yeah, we'll see who the winners are, I reckon, in the next couple of years uh, yeah. on this period because you can't judge it straight away. Yeah, it's hard to judge now. There's, on the surface, there looks to be some winners. Uh, a few people just texting through asking for that uh, Brendan Goddard clip at me before we leave. So let, let's finish with uh, BJ's bomb yesterday. See, this, this raised my eyebrows when I, when I read this this morning. He's been very, very strong on long-term deals. And then you throw a young kid in that's number one draft pick that's had a really poor year, a bit of controversy around him now and that leaving. And his old team, this is where the Port Adelaide bias comes into it. He's tried to back back over his comments about long-term deals and been very critical of them, as I have. I've agreed with him. And then now that it's Jason Horn francis potentially a generational-type player that's been said about him and his old team, that he's, he's trying to justify it to a, a six-year deal, which he, he does provide context around one of them is his existing deal, his, his, his uh, original two-year deal. But then a, uh, a five-year deal to an 18-year-old unproven player. Well, he's 19 as well. Well, 19, And, and he sorry. called Jacob Opper 20. He said Jacob Opper was 27. He's added two years to Jacob Opper's age. <laughs> Try to justify Like thinking, hang on a minute. So always like, I always like to keep Cornsy accountable, as I've done earlier in we the love, year. On the but we show. love Kane. We but love just, Kane. Yep. But this was an opportunity for some this nice just As soon as I read this, I went, really, Kane? BJ's bomb. It's more like BJ's blip. Like, leave the hard-hitting stuff, BJ. Like, come on, leave the hard-hitting stuff to the people that know what they're doing. So he, his first mistake he made is he said that he read the comments. He didn't actually hear the comments that were made. So if you're going to have a BJ's bomb or a BJ's blip, which is what it was, actually listen to what was said before you're going to be critical. And um, Sammy, in terms of Hopper, I did say he was 25. He's 26 by round one, so I was one year out with that. So my bad on that one. Jake Hopper will be 26 by round one next year and 33 by the time his seven-year deal expires. But, Lordo, it has been a bit of fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Oh. All in all, it is a game and love the debate, love the interaction with you out there, all of your footy fans. I think everyone's got one common goal in mind, and that is to make your footy club better, and that's why... This period is such a fascinating time. Look forward to hearing from you and seeing you on afl.com.au a little bit later on tonight. You do a great job, Kane. You've steered the ship beautifully, and thanks to our great producers out the back. You've done a ripper job. Yep, guys were awesome out the back, so thanks for that. And all the team behind the scenes at Trade Radio, all the sponsors that put the show together and make it happen, and most importantly to our loyal audience, which grows and grows each and every year. Stick around for the early trade. On the other side of this, BJ's Blit might be back. Stick around and see what he's got in store on the other side of this.